Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza, and happy 2021 to everyone. And thanks for all the feedback that I've been hearing from you guys from uh, over the last couple of months. We did have a little hiatus, but now we are back in the saddle. And without further ado, uh, our guest today is going to talk about almanac astrology. I'm really excited about hearing about this subject matter because it seems like there's no end or there's no valley of reaching into the depths of astrology. And to talk about the almanac and as that relates to astrology is going to be even better. And since I don't know about it, I went out and got a guest to talk about it. And a little bit about her bio, uh, it says that if you're ready to be seen, want to feel better about yourself and grow your life or business, then your visit here is no accident. Your date, time, and place of birth make up your personal astrology and are your unique map for moving fluidly through the world. Emotional trials as well as periods of growth can be explained, and the answers you are available to you when you apply astrology strategically. And it doesn't have to be hard or confusing. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome the guest author and coach, Tam Vayu. Welcome to the podcast, Tam. Hamza, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, and like uh, for me, uh, we usually go with tomato or tomato, and instead of Hamza, it's Hamza. Oh, I di- didn't I say Hamza? I'm sure that I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries, no worries at all. And yes, welcome to the podcast. And and for sure, uh, let's jump right into it because you know twenty. We're in the we passed the first month. We're still alive. <laughs> A lot went on at the beginning of January, and we cannot say that there was no hiccups in twenty twenty. And so a lot of people are kind of grappling out there and looking at the new normal or what do we do to thrive in any environment. And it seems like using this, uh, your strategy of, of an almanac astrology seems like the way to go. I couldn't disagree with that. Um, so, so for people who don't know, what I have here is a book called The Energy Almanac. So we're not talking about the old farmer's almanac because these are two different things. The energy almanac is a very, what I would call, age of Aquarius annual publication that instead of growing plants and, you know, garden material, we're growing people. So the old farmer's almanac, you'll remember, was all about when do we put the seeds in, when do we nurture them, what, you know, when do we... Uh, when do we reap our harvest? This is about growing people and helping people to understand which energies are at play and how to sort of maneuver within those energies. That's what the Energy Almanac is about. And so this book is actually 52 weekly astrology predictions that affect the world, the planet. So what is your sign, by the way, Hamza? I and my twin sister are Cancers. You're both Cancer. That's nice. Okay. So you're a Cancer. I'm on this call. I'm a sun sign Virgo, but the content inside of the Energy Almanac is for every single zodiac sign. And it's not broken down by, oh, if you're a Cancer, then this, 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 and this. No, it's this is the underlying energy for the planet. 
So it's really a guidebook of what's going on astrologically that you can use to sort of plan your year. Sure, and I like that you made it simple because uh, I, I know some other people that I've spoken with, we kind of get into the weeds, and we, you had just asked me about my sun sign, and then, you know, what's my, new, my moon sign, what's my rising sign, and does that all come into play is my first question. The second part of that is, is your energy almanac working congruently with the farmer's almanac? Uh, for example, last week we had a big wolf moon. Um, are you using these? almanacs together? Uh, <clears throat> so first, to answer your first question, which is about, like, is my rising sign and my moon sign relevant? Well, sure, it's relevant in your personal world. However, it isn't relevant inside of the energy almanac. So there's this leg of astrology called mundane astrology. And it, it's about the information relative to the world and the workings of the world. For an example, the sun in mundane astrology represents world leaders, presidents, prime ministers, people like that. So in traditional astrology, Western astrology, the sun represents your ego and your personality. So again, the energy almanac is dealing with really mostly the mundane world. So it's going to tell you when is big business going to change well hello 2020 mm -hmm. when is government going to shift hello 2020 pluto inside of capricorn that was that we saw that coming a mile of, away last year so what we're trying to tell you are these are influences the world is going to feel be ready to move and shake with it. Yeah, there are personal planets that are close to us that we feel. We talk about those in the book as well. But the book is for the overall underlying, almost subconscious energies that are in play. Now, is it relative to the old farmer's almanac? In a kind of way, in that we talk about the moons, the, you know, the wolf moon that you just talked about, we talked about the full moon that it was and what it meant and all of that. We have a lot of moon information in the book, um, and, and it is similar. They run side by side, but, you know, again, that, that was about growing plants. I'm about growing people. Absolutely, absolutely. And when you talk about the moon, uh, you talk about mundane astrology and working with the world, uh, before 2020 and before going through what we collectively uh, went through last year, it felt like, at least from a business standpoint, that uh, every country was its own entity and that we all weren't on the same page. And it seems like over the past year, uh, there were some rumblings before that, but it seems like we're all um, collectively trying to overcome um, not only the pandemic, but getting some sense of normalcy. What does that mean as far as automation or working with artificial intelligence? Um, my old job of doing something for 50 years, is that still viable? Uh, so would your energy almanac work for someone here? I'm in Atlanta. Uh, would it work for someone that is in Nova Scotia right now? Oh, absolutely. We have readers all across the world with this book. Absolutely. Um, the, the energies are universal. When you think of, um, we'll say, you know, the planet Jupiter, it's huge, right? <laughs> it's it is a gigantic ball of consciousness. 
It is a ball of light and of energy, and it resonates a vibration that is consciousness. This consciousness comes over every human being on the tiny little planet that is called Earth. And so you are feeling the effects of Jupiter inside of whichever zodiac sign it currently would be in. Um, Last year, Jupiter was in Capricorn. This year, it's interesting to me that you just mentioned artificial intelligence. This year, Jupiter is inside of Aquarius, which rules the Internet it rules uh, invisible waves, so it rules technology, artificial intelligence. It's about innovation. So Jupiter expands everything it's near. It magnifies things. It's an abundance of everything. So everything Aquarius is going to grow this over the next little while. Mm-hmm. So Jupiter, as big as it is, is influencing our planet and the people on it. So it, it didn't really surprise you when, uh, you know, last week here in the States there was a lot of uh, noise about Wall Street and David and Goliath. And without the technology, there wouldn't have been that small uh, vibration of it, of the non-traditional brokers or what have you trying to short stocks and what have you. Uh, so I guess since we Jupiter is in Aquarius, we're going to have that as a theme this year, would you say? Well, there's a lot going on in Aquarius this year, a lot. So it's not only Jupiter. We have Saturn inside of Aquarius. Saturn is the lesson giver. Saturn Mm -hmm. comes in and helps us understand hurdles. It's kind of, I call Saturn the cosmic sum. It presses down on us forces us to apply discipline, have some boundaries, use self-authority. Saturn inside of Aquarius, which I should mention also rules groups of people. (laughs) Um, Saturn's going to have its effect as well. There's this like push and pull between Jupiter and Saturn. We have, as you and I are having this conversation, we also have the sun inside of Aquarius. We have Mercury, our thinking mind inside of Aquarius. We also have Venus, which is our love and our relationships inside of Aquarius. There's tons of Aquarius energy going on that we have to concern ourselves with. And remember that Aquarius really is the rebel. It's that um, rebel with a cause. I want to help more people. They're always seeking freedom. This whole Wall Street hiccup, Eh, that's kind of a lousy word for what happened, but <laughs> the Wall Street, the Wall Street thing that happened, um, wasn't there some rebellious energy there? Think about that. Think about the players in the Reddit side. They're extremely rebellious. They want the freedom, very Aquarius, to make their own choices with their money. And what does? the stock market represent but the old energy of capricorn that we just came through at the end of december Mm -hmm. so that old like i'm going to stay here and do it this way wall street just bumped up against artificial intelligence seeking freedom and being rebellious like that is so astrologically nuanced it's not even funny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was only, thankfully, to, in some circles, there's only 31 days in a month, 
And at the beginning of January, we had more of a rebellion uh, never seen before in, in over 100 years uh, with the Capitol, uh, which I would say is the same energy. And it was like, well, Happy New Year, let's begin this rebellion. <laughs> it's a very revolutionary energy that we are in. And it's, it's a running theme. It is a running theme for the year ahead. Um, what's great when you have a guidebook like the Energy Almanac, you know how to be prepared. I got an email today from somebody who said, I read the Almanac on Sunday, and they said it would be a tenth month and to watch for bumps early in the week. She goes, knowing that that was going to happen, when it did finally, when it finally hit the fan, all I did was take a deep breath and go use my mindset tools. I get those emails all the time because knowledge is power. Knowing ahead of time that we have a big financial hiccup coming mid-February, hint, hint, mm -hmm. you can plan for it. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a question about planning. Uh, without quotations, I was going to say planning. <laughs> but <laughs> Air quotes. Air quotes. But uh, what, what comes to mind is, because I believe we're in the middle of it now, is the uh, Mercury retrograde. And you, you hear about that, and oh no, hide under uh, uh, your bed because it's Mercury retrograde. And then there's others that say, you know what, Mercury, smirkery, uh, I'm not going to let that influence me. How, how much does it matter of us actually paying attention to things to see them manifest? Well, I think awareness can be a good thing, bad thing. I, I feel like since I became more aware of Mercury retrograde probably 10 years ago, um, I feel like I'm hypersensitive to it now. And I, I become, I've become super careful. I have definitely found that when I have made agreements inside of Mercury retrograde, I have problems all the time. I, mm -hmm. It's been constant. I've witnessed it inside my kids. I have four adult kids. I've seen them sign contracts during Mercury retrograde while I'm chewing on my knuckles going, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> um, and sure enough, those contracts went sour. Um, I think awareness and is knowledge is power, and applying it is everything. However, I, I mean, some people really love to be an ostrich and just not know, and then it's just like, eh, lesson learned, you know, and they won't, they refuse to apply it to astrology and Mercury retrogrades. So, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of another, I think. Absolutely. And and we've been talking for the most part about the almanac astrology and uh, mundane astrology, uh, but you have uh, quite the tool belt in your quiver. You have NLP. You also have neurochemical transfer, something that I am unfamiliar with. And I'd like to spend a little bit of time on NCT and how you got into that modality. Oh, boy, that is such a powerful tool. Um, so before I started my foray into astrology, I had been spending my last decade as a transformational coach. And the go-to tool that I was using for transformation has, had been NLP and emotional freedom technique or tapping. But what happened was word got around about my good work and I was fortunate enough to be tapped on the shoulder by a local group of um, 
the company, it's not in business any longer, but they basically were healing veterans. They were taking veterans on retreats using um, energy psychology techniques such as EFT, and they were having absolutely incredible results. So they invited me to be part of the, the healing team. Would I come in as a coach, work with veterans, and help them be well? So I said yes. I, went, I started going to these retreats where there was um, another man there named Dr. Fred. Dr. Fred is no longer practicing, but he was also a huge believer in energy psychology. And he had developed this technique, this protocol, called neurochemical transfer. And he taught it in class at one of the retreats that I was at. And it was absolutely mind-blowing. It's, to describe the process, is very simple. You put one hand on the lower back of your skull, just above your neck. You put the other hand on, the, on your forehead. And then as you relive a trauma, you breathe deeply through it. And what happens is your brain, through the deep breathing process, and through some languaging that we do during the process, you literally can make a memory disappear. It's like it gets, if your brain is a, a file drawer, it's like you take the file out of the front of the drawer that you're always seeing it, and you're dropping it somewhere in the back of the file drawer. It's like you think it might have happened, but you can't really remember the details unless you were to find the file, but you can't find the file. That's how powerful that process is. And so when I have clients um, in my transformational coaching business um, who have like a one-off trauma that's pretty bad, I will use that technique with them. And I can tell you, Hamza, it was nothing short of mind-blowing to hear a veteran of the Vietnam War come into one of our healing rooms and he would sit down and Sometimes they could barely walk into the room and they were gray. They were just gray. They could barely speak. They couldn't make eye contact. We would take them through this process and you could literally watch their body fill with light again. It makes me tear up as I think about it. It was so remarkable and they would leave the room with a spring in their step. They couldn't remember what the memory was that they were talking about when they came in the room. Mm. I am a huge cinephile, and I love, like, blockbusters, but I also love those really obscure movies. And as you were talking, it, it made me think of, I think it was late 90s, early 2000s, called The Dream Chaser. Have you ever seen that movie? No, but that title does ring a bell. Yeah, in the movie, it's one of those, uh, you know, foreign entity comes into the Earth's atmosphere, and it was taking over the humans, what have you. And the guy at the end, you know, kill the, the suspense. <laughs> but at the end, uh, you, you had, it was a race, and it was a race between the uh, foreign entity, as I'll say, and the human. The foreign entity was, had gone to the human body, and it was trying to get into these files of their brain. And the guy had learned how to close off these certain chapters, and it was such a frustration <laughs> of, of ah. the... Of, and it, yeah, so... Uh, as you were talking, it made me think of that. It may, made me also think of uh, some other folks we've spoken with about um, access consciousness, where it really oh. seems like uh, touching the, the the base of the of the skull and, yep. and going through this energy psychology. 
I actually use access consciousness a lot in my business and every single day in my life. Can't get enough people onto that one. That's such a powerful tool. Mm. Well, when you said the other trigger was uh, when you said working with veterans, and unfortunately, you know, that has, since you said the Vietnam War and, and beyond, uh, they don't usually get the treatment once they come back. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, like even when we were talking about the, the Capitol building, there were a lot of veterans out there. You know, they were, people were responding of, how did they have such, uh, how did they, you know, their tactics and stuff, they were definitely using what they had learned. But, mm-hmm. you know, you never thought you'd use it on the American people. Uh, so that is a group that continues to need uh, some type of uh, making memories disappear, if you will. Well, EFT tapping, um, emotional freedom technique tapping, is being widely used with veterans now. And I'm so happy to hear it because it's, it's rapid results and the veteran can go home and use it themselves as a tool. I, I mean, the stories that I could tell you from those retreats that I did with them, oh, it was so rewarding to see them. And to, I remember a client who came in and he said he had not slept through the night in 50 years since he had returned from the Vietnam War. And that next day when he met us at breakfast and he looked us in the eye and he said, I just slept through the night. Mm. It's powerful. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, when you make a memory disappear, uh, that, like you said, that person couldn't sleep for 50 years. How many of us are carrying around memories of trauma for decades? And is that their person, you know, they've taken that on as a personality, like that is me. <laughs> That's my identity. And now that that memory's gone, is it a blank slate? And how do you, how do you work with that once that memory is gone? Well, that's just one mem- memory of thousands, right? So it depends. Yeah. You know, there, there's plenty of other identity creators inside the memory system. So it's not like they have no more personality. And there's many, many layers. I like to think of it, and many practitioners will say this, you think of the it as an onion. You know, we are an onion with one layer of this personality of the warrior, like the veteran warrior. And then we have this personality that is full of fear. And then we have one that is full of uh, sadness, whatever. There's just all these different layers. And those the multitude of those layers make us up individually. And I would, I would totally wrap this into astrology. You know, our astrology blueprint comes in and you can see where turning points are in a chart. You can tell what a person's hurdles will be. I can think about a client I spoke with recently who is really struggling around money, just can't make sense of it. No matter what I do, I just can't, I just can't. And so I looked at her birth chart and sure enough, her exact income sector in her astrology chart was directly opposing her debt sector in her chart. So in her lifetime, she's going to have a constant push and pull between income and debt unless she creates some new tools to beat it. Mm-hmm. So the astrology chart will divulge, you know, exact, not exactly, I'm not going to say it like that, but, you know, the nuances of the personality, I think, are there. And, and again, everything with a grain of salt. This is my opinion, my point of view, based on my onion. 
<laughs> sure, of, of course. And, and here in Atlanta, we have uh, a lot of, if you will, uh, a, uh, what is it, B.C., A.D., and one is uh, before the Olympics came and then after the Olympics came. And then the other one is before the 2008 recession, after the 2008 recession. And now you have like pre, before the pandemic, after the pandemic. And so uh, my question to you is, because uh, what's at the top of my mind right now is an epi- a recent episode this past Sunday of 60 Minutes. I don't know if you watched that or not. And I didn't. They they were talking about uh, technology, as you were talking about, uh, you know, we're going to rule a lot of technology and artificial intelligence. And they're just showing there's a battle with, uh, let's say, I don't, I don't want to get flagged, but foreign countries and America as far as getting that uh, – intellectual property via your your biology so people sending off uh, oh I want to know about my family on uh, on these genealogy sites they're sharing that information uh, unbeknownst to the consumer and it seems like there we will probably reflect on the early uh, this early decade as being the wild wild west where there's a lot of new starts and so I guess the question that I'm asking is, because uh, you did mention a couple of tools, are, are you incorporating embracing artificial intelligence with astrology? Am I? Um, I think I would answer that yes. That's a really, it's an interesting question. And I think I would say yes, mostly because um, astrology for, for one thing, like even using astrology, people are beginning to embrace astrology at a rapid rate and they're using our artificial intelligence to do it they there are so many apps that you can grab online and find out your moon sign your rising sign where your saturn is all of that and moons like moon work right now is a really big deal people are using apps to to interact and find out what is what phase is the moon in right now and how can I apply that to my life? It's really a rising um, interest or genre. I'm not sure the right way to categorize it, but as- astrology is on the rise, and the biggest group of people using it is uh, millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're asking, like Tam, Tam, I am cosmic pretzel here, like. Uh, give me a book. I have an ephemeris on my on my desk, a book with all of the astrology glyphs in it on a line in paper, and it's two inches thick. And I look at the book every day because I'm old school and I still really love books and writing by hand. I'm very um, kin- kinesthetic. So it, uh, will I embrace AI? I, I am, and I have to if I want to keep up with the rest of the world. But I think astrology has already caught is riding the wave and will continue to. Yeah, uh, some time ago we had another guest and we were talking about um, the Gregorian calendar, but we were also talking about 2012. And a lot of people that that I've interviewed, uh, they've had these defining moments at 2012. And it was looking back kind of a reset in that it was year zero. So if it was year zero, uh, 2021 would be year nine. And so you've had so much 
influence of, well, okay, the old is going out, or not really the old because astrology was here before all of that anyway, but it seems like the more things change, the more they get a, they stay the same and that the astrology cycle, if you will, is coming back. Does it well, feel that way? The, yeah, it does feel that way, but astrology is cyclical. This is what astrology is. It's the art of tracing, following the cycles of each and every planet. Jupiter has a 12-year cycle. You'll know exactly when Jupiter has hit its home point again in your chart. You'll feel it in your life. Um, you will know when you are in your Saturn return. It's a cycle. Everything is. Um, so, yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree with the con- that, that concept. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when it's in your individual self, so Tam, Tam, I am, or Hamza, right, we're individuals and may look into this. And you did mention that as you take a step back and you look at your children, you see how they're influenced. Uh, and how do, how does one approach astrology uh, when they're in the mating ritual? You know, this person may wipe, uh, you know, wipe the person off their feet, and but their astrology chart is off. <laughs> or how do you approach that in co-creating with couples or groups using the almanac astrology? <laughs> well, that is a, something that is absent inside of the energy almanac. With the exception of paying attention to Venus inside of the almanac, we don't really address relationships. I feel like that is a very um, specialized, that's a niche inside of astrology that some astrologers have a really good grip on. And you know, I I should say this, uh, Hamza, I am not a master astrologer. I have zero intentions of ever becoming a master astrologer. I am fortunate in that I'm a really, really fast learner. I I will be a forever student of this art and science, but um, some people have gone so deep into just one specific area. That, that's a great question for a relationship astrologer. Sure, because as we were talking in The Matrix, right, a lot of people refer to that movie, but depending on the scene and whom he was fighting, he would insert a different program. And it sounds like <laughs> for you, you pick a program, like for the person I'm speaking with, you know, do I use excess consciousness? Do I use astrology? Do I use right, NCC? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. and, yeah, well, I guess that's the next question because, you know, it's like, well, where does that end or do you want it to end? Because if knowledge is infinite, it seems like, okay, you can never have enough tools. And do you have that as a foundation of, okay, this tool works for me right now and I'm open to learning new tools? Well, here's the deal. I am a sun sign Virgo conjunct Uranus and Pluto. Literally, Uranus and Pluto line up with my sun. And what that means is Uranus is that innovator. It's all about individuality and uniqueness. Pluto is that powerful catalyst always going for change. Well, you got to know that one thing I am not afraid of is creating change in my life, and I've done it multiple times. You, can, you could easily say that I have reinvented myself multiple times, and I'm certain that I will continue to do that. When I started my foray into my like, grown-up career, when I was no longer doing part-time jobs and raising my beautiful children, 
um, and I decided, like, who am I and what do I want to do with myself, um, I started out as a children's book author, and I made a book about law of attraction. Law of attraction drew me to neuroscience and the quantum field, and I started studying those, and that's when I, I was using energy psychology to recover from my divorce. And next thing you know, I was coaching, and then I, I dove into illustration, and that's when, astro- that's when astrology found me at its deepest level. I mean, I've been using astrology off and on since I was 18, but all of a sudden, God like slapped my face and said, girl, you're writing a book, and it's going to be about <laughs> astrology, where I just like put my face in my hands and cried. I'm like, no, I don't want to do another thing. But sure <laughs> enough, like, God had a plan, and uh, you're going to write this book and get it done. And sh- so I did that. And the first book came out in 2018. Mm, I love it. And congratulations for that and embracing it. And now that you've embraced it, let's talk about the person that hasn't yet. And it seems that 2020 is a, a perfect a global indicator of what I, air quotes again, what I used to do no longer works. And at what point do you realize, okay, my ego and this is what I can do versus, oh, this is, uh, the creator has a different plan for me. <laughs> um, and you're asking me to, in, in reference to the almanac, is that what you're saying? Well, just, you know, before, you, now that you're over, you can kind of look back and it makes sense. But for the person that may be going through it now or, oh, this will never happen to me, and then they may refer back to this podcast, well, they were just talking about this. My life is totally <laughs> turned upside down. <laughs> what do I do? Well, here's the thing. Like, if, you, if everybody can just slow down and just pay a little more attention, they'll find out they're being led all the time. I can, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And the year 2020 is very, astrologically looking at 2020, hindsight really is 2020. We can learn a ton of lessons. If we knew... Uh, back in March of last year that we all should have really buckled down and quarantined for two weeks real hard and it would all have been better. If we'd have known that, we probably all would have done it. But we didn't. So we went further and we did the math. Well, if we all wore masks, then maybe things would change. Hindsight really is a gift. But if we can all just slow down and learn to pay attention to the underlying energies and where they're directing and pulling you, you will you will see very clearly what your path is. I, um, I'm not a big fan of resistance. When you are bumping up against something again and again, you have to seek outside information. The energy almanac can be that. A trusted friend or mentor can do that for you. I literally just got saying this to a dear nephew of mine. I said to him, stop being your own problem solver you're going to keep getting the same result. Go seek outside influence. Hint, hint from your old Aunt Tam who's kept you on the phone for half an hour. Like, <laughs> you know, outside influence is going on. It's there for you, and it's just up to you to seek something outside of yourself. Astrology is, is available. Take a peek at it. Mm-hmm. And, and we were talking, we've been talking at length about, you know, technology and artificial intelligence and what have you. Uh, from a personal experience, I found that when I, I turned off all the electronics and actually kind of embraced the quiet, there was some resistance mm-hmm. to quiet. 
And I wanted to know what is your take on uh, embracing uh, technology on one hand, but also you know just being a part of nature and, and putting technology to the side. Oh, holy Moses! Like we have to do that. We uh, uh, artificial intelligence is going to happen, but there's huge gifts inside of that happening because what it does is it frees us up. We are not here on this planet to just produce, produce, produce. We are here on this planet to be part of nature, to be at one with the earth and the wind and the air and the fire. So solitude and seeking the quiet was one of the lessons of 2020. Some of us got the lesson. Others did not. For some of us, uh, got buried in managing children and a job and maybe elderly parents or maybe just the, the virus itself. But one of the real lessons inside the quarantine was finding solitude and learning through the solitude. So Capricorn energy, Capricorn was all of 2020. That's what it was about, Capricorn energy. And that's all about self-authority and solitude and doing things alone, developing integrity with yourself, having discipline. So that energy, you know, Capricorn energy, we've got Pluto there, the catalyst begging us to have integrity, be alone, seek solitude. Uh, It's absolutely integral. If we're going to keep our wits about us, we got to get off the internet. We've got to get off our phones and we got to get back to what is ancient and go back to the, what they used to do in the talking about cycles. Be in nature. Be with people. Mm-hmm. That's what AI does for us. It frees us up to be people again. Mm-hmm. That's the gift. Mm-hmm. And before, you know, before the pandemic again, uh, we had the luxury, if you will, of just going out whenever we wanted to, hopping on a plane whenever we wanted to, going to these um, conferences every weekend. And how has it affected your your coaching business? Do you are you more so on Zoom now, or do you do Facebook groups where there's a collective, or do you kind of force oh, people yeah. to? Do you? Okay. Because yeah. I was just wondering when you said yeah. You had mentioned alone and solitude, so I was like, well, how do you balance, like you're telling people um, having the solitude, but on the other hand, for some, the sky is falling, so (laughs) they're maybe (laughs) looking for groups so they can kind of have that group uh, togetherness. Well, look, you said it yourself uh, about sometimes people seek solitude, like, ah, that's scary and that's uncomfortable. Getting comfortable in the silence is really, really important because you can't hear your next little nugget of information if your mind is busy scrolling through your phone or if you um, have a constant chatter. Developing the habit of science is really, really important to get your future told to you and to feel the next thing into it. But... um, so here's something really interesting. This year, 2021, we have a north node in Gemini and we have a south node in Sagittarius. Sagittarius, or south node, I should say, is what we're here to overcome. And Sagittarius, being in the south node, is, it is about um, travel, long-distance travel. And it's also about dogma 
and beliefs that we've held on to for a long time. So during 2021, we're going to find this flavor of us working to overcome old beliefs. Everything we thought we believed, we probably aren't going to believe for long. But to tie it back to travel, for as long as Sagittarius is in the south node, I expect long-distance travel won't be happening much. I mean, it's not that it's not going to happen at all, but we're going to be closer to home for a little while. Things will open back up for sure. It's just going to take some time. People need to get over the fear. They need to overcome their own dogma. The opposite side of that, just in case you're interested, is the north node, which tells us where we're going and what we need to do to get there. And that's about Gemini. The opposite of Sagittarius is Gemini. And that's about evaluating and asking questions and being curious about everything that shows up. Well, I'm overcoming this old idea that this is the way we live during quarantine well, what can I do that's new or different? Is this really serving me? Evaluation mode. All of 2021, be evaluating. Be asking yourself questions. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to, that reminds me of an access thing of who does this belong to? And how are you able to discern, uh, like you said, that, that mind chatter? How, how do you discern what's yours and what's another person's program? Instant, instant feeling in the body. Again, it's about the silence and getting used to recognizing when your body is telling you that's a lie or that's good for me. For me, when I, when I say, is this mine, someone else's, or something else's, if it's, if it's mine, it's just an, an instant, I know it, like my, my head hears it and feels it. But when it's somebody else's, my gut, my stomach gets thick and heavy and I can feel it in my body and it's, it's less than a second or two that it takes for me to register the answer. And everybody should practice asking their body, is, is this good for me or not? Does this feel light or does this feel heavy? It's, it's a perfect question to ask all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, I guess that's another 2020 where something may happen and, and then afterwards you say, uh, I had an inkling, something told me not to right. you know, go down that long, dark hallway <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> There's lots of brain cells in the gut and in the heart. So mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to what your body is telling you. Your body knows every single time. Your body is, is natural, innate information center. Got to listen. So from a, a cyclical standpoint, we're coming back to gut feelings. I know it was disproven, you know, decades ago. Before, it was like, oh, my gut is telling me, and then it was disproven. It seems like in 2021 that that is definitely at the forefront. Okay, you're right. And it's interesting because that brings me back to the whole um, south node, north node, you know, dogma, what do I believe to be true and the whole science thing like oh it's it was disproven that gut feelings are a thing oh now it's true that like science only knows until it knows something different that's how i feel science is and so you have to question everything you have to find out your truth around it using as much real information like science as you can but again trust your gut what would happen if Albert Einstein didn't trust his instincts. What would happen if Nikola Tesla didn't trust his instincts? We'd have nothing. 
scientists have to question things, and so do we. We're no different. Our own authority matters. Mm. You don't like that one, do you, (laughs) Hamza? No, I do. I love it. I'm just playing devil's advocate, of course. Um, But when you said giving up, we're used to giving up authority to others or the others' perceived authority. Right. And so that kind of goes back to what you were saying, the north node, south node, uh, not battling each other, but um, where you're discerning. Uh, mm-hmm. I, is this person an authority figure on this subject matter today, right? Well, let's say in 2010, right. this is what we used to do, and it doesn't apply today. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and it, it, I think you stay on the, the cutting edge because you stay present instead of looking at the past or the future because we can't influence we can only influence the present correct it's a gift mm-hmm. no, that, that's great that's great so when someone gets in touch with you um, how do you what's the process uh, well, what's the 2021 process of someone listening to the podcast and they, they want to get the book and after they get the book, I'm sure they're going to have many other questions and want to seek out some coaching. So what would be the process to work with you? Absolutely. Um, two sentences. The, the book itself is real easy. It's theenergyalmanac.com. They can go um, look at the sales page, grab one if they want. We have eBooks available and as well as the um, paperback books. Um, also on Instagram at that same The Energy Almanac. That's all you have to remember. Coaching in and of itself involves a conversation because some people have lots of trauma and they need to work through it. And I highly recommend coaching if you have very serious traumas. Um, on the other hand, maybe you're just trying to evolve yourself to the next level like you're good, but you want to be real good. That might just be group coaching. Maybe you just need to network with others and have a session or two with me to get to the next level. So each person gets an individualized, perfectly free consultation where we figure out where are you at, what are you going for, and what do you really believe about yourself? Because that's what it all boils down to. It's all about making peace with your past so that you can just grab the momentum and run with it. Um, it's, a, it's a conversation. So they can go to my website, which is actually choosebigchange.com, and um, they can uh, just send me an email, tam at choosebigchange.com. Awesome, awesome. And it sounds like uh, the, this first month was uh, nothing to – I mean, everything to write home about. I mean, it was a lot to – uh, to take in with, with this rebel energy, with this Aquarius, Aquarian energy. And it seems like uh, we should keep our seatbelts on for a little while longer, but <laughs> <laughs> the energy almanac will be part of that seatbelt for sure. And if there are any last, last words that you'd like to get out as far as um, your book again and, and how to get in touch with you, that, that would be great. Thank you for that opportunity. Yeah, I want to give everybody the three key words for 2021 um, because even if they choose not to buy the almanac or, or reach out to me, at least they'll have these key words in their pocket. Three words for this year, adjust. You are going to have to learn how to pivot. It's going to be that kind of year. What you think you know now is not what you're going to know later on. So you have to find it in you to adjust. The second 
letter or word rather is balance. And that means if you're going to use AI, go out in nature and keep it 50-50. It means if you're going to have a conversation and you don't like what the other person is saying, you just want to bring the conversation back to balance. You want to, want to constantly be bringing everything back into balance because remember, we are, and this is the third word for the year, co-creating the new world. We are in the midst of an amazing, great awakening, and we are co-creating. So Hamza, whatever it is you're thinking about TAM and the Energy Almanac, you're co-creating it with me. You, you're either dragging my book down by, by your thoughts of it, or you're contributing to it and you're thinking, wow, this is awesome, and you're expanding it. Everything we do, every interaction we have, we are co-creating our new world. So we want to man, uh, remember that all the time. So th those are the ABCs, adjust, balance, and co-create. And I am Tam, and Tam I am, and I am the Cosmic Pretzel. Find me at choosebigchange.com. One thing I do like about the Choose Big Change, you do mention, <laughs> people that know me, I know that I sound like a parrot. I keep repeating that there are no there is no accidents in the fact no. that we chose to be here. Uh, we are co-creating, and so it was definitely a pleasure speaking with you about all of that and learning more about the Energy Almanac. And with that, you have just been attuned to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. Tam, it was a pleasure. Let's stay in touch. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you.